Democrat Governor Tony Evers is serious about cutting taxes. Assembly Majority Leader Jim Steinecke says Republican legislators are all ears. If the governor plans to push a liberal agenda, then Republicans will stand united against left-wing initiatives, Steinecke said. The majority leader joined MacGyver News Service Friday on the Vicki McKenna Show on News Talk 1130 WISN in Milwaukee. Steinecke says there are areas where Evers and the Republican majority can find common ground, but the spirit of compromise got off to a bad start when liberal groups late last week filed a lawsuit challenging last month's extraordinary session. Listen to the full interview here on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. Uh, Assembly Majority Leader Jim Steinecke joins us to talk about the week that was the first week of the Evers era, so to speak. And welcome to the show, Representative. Thank you so much for being here. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Can I ask you a question right off the top? Having heard now from Tony Evers' inauguration speech on Monday and uh, throughout the week in the press, do you, sir, have Evers fever? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm still a little uh, disappointed in the outcome from the November election, so I have uh -huh. to admit that. Um, but I, I do have to say I was appreciative of the tone that uh, Governor Evers set in his inaugural speech. I don't, didn't agree with everything in there, but I think striking a, an optimistic tone, uh, that's the right way to start. Uh, the Attorney General, well, that was a little bit different speech. Uh, uh, yes, easy, it was. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll try to focus on the positive stuff. Very good. And I know that uh, Republican leadership in the Assembly and Republican leadership in the Senate are talking about the same thing, extending the olive branch, as it were. And this week at the Capitol, you held a press conference along with Speaker Voss, get into the lawsuits and the things that are tearing apart the veneer of bipartisanship and civility. <laughs> let's, let, let's get into uh, those 11 points that you brought up this week, these areas that you see for apparent compromise with the new governor sure yeah absolutely i mean during that what we did was after the election we took a look at all the things that the uh the new governor uh, had talked about during his campaign uh you know before the campaign after the election um and kind of the promises that he made and then we tried to figure out what we could come together on surrounding those issues and then issues that we believe in as well and uh, you know, the middle income uh, tax cut that Governor Evers talked about on the campaign trail, I think that's something that we can work together on. Uh, finding long-term solution for transportation funding, that's another one. Uh, then you get into some of the uh, other issues like homelessness and the opioid epidemic, things of that nature. I think there's going to be some overlap there and things that we can find uh, that common ground on. Indeed, and you brought up, and I, I want to talk about this, and I want to get into, you know, some of the more high-profile issues, but one of those areas that you talked about at uh, more length yesterday was the real potential for bipartisanship in solving the homeless crisis in this state. Now, I know the Assembly moved some legislation, a package of bills, last year. I, I forget, was that taken up in the Senate? Did that move forward? Was that signed into law? What about those bills, yep. and where do you see common ground there? Yeah, I mean, this this was a very successful package of bills in, in putting forward a, a plan for the state to combat homelessness, a plan that the state hasn't had for basically forever that we can see. Mm. Uh, and the biggest part of that was creating this interagency council on homelessness, bringing the secretary 
uh, secretaries from eight different agencies together to make sure that we're not duplicating services, to make sure that we're spending the taxpayer uh, money wisely when we're trying to help uh, the homeless population. And over the course of the last year, they developed, uh, um, with the leadership of Lieutenant Governor Clayfish, they developed a plan and a set of recommendations that we plan on taking forward uh, and trying to work with a new administration on to, to make sure we implement. Assembly Majority Leader Jim Steinecke joining us. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry, but this, and this is not, shouldn't be a, a Democrat or Republican issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a conservative, I look at this, and, and these are potential contributing members to society that are not at the current time they're they're using government services taxpayers are footing the bill for it so we need to do what we can to get them the services that they need surround them with the care that they need most of them need mental health care or addiction services um to get them ready and prepared to be become independent again so i think it's a wise wise use of money especially when we're dealing with uh uh you know, the employment crisis, I'd say, where we don't have enough bodies for the jobs that are out there now. Indeed. I think the problem with homelessness in this state that continues to be the the two areas, the, the two real problems, is you have dysfunctional service or disconnected service in a lot of cases. They're not working together where we could pool in resources in some places. We're not doing that. And you have a population that suffers from profound mental illness in in many cases and they are not availing themselves of the services and we're going to need to to reach those people if we want to really make a dent in homelessness in this state let's talk about uh possible tax relief that is on the agenda of course but that's been on the agenda for a long time for republicans as the speaker said this week the republican party is the sole group over there that is looking to defend the taxpayer and work on behalf of the taxpayer now the speaker said something interesting to me and i want to get uh, your thoughts on this sure. uh, he said dur- during the presser the other day he said you know we are united as republicans and basically uh republicans in the senate and the assembly are going to fight back against any effort by tony evers to throw a bunch of democratic platform principles that is far left ideas and policies out here now while the middle class tax cut is interesting Governor Evers has flipped and he's flopped on this area about raising taxes or not raising taxes. One of the things the Speaker said the other day is the Assembly Caucus, the Republican Caucus, is not and will not support um, a massive tax increase. And I, I found that language interesting. Would you support any tax increase, I guess, is the, the broader question. Listen, we have we have spent the last eight years uh, proving ourselves to be fiscally responsible. We have continued to make investments uh, in different areas of, uh, you know, the, the state government's responsibilities, whether that's education or increasing uh, aids to local governments for, for roads. Uh, we've been increasing investments in those areas without raising taxes and, in fact, lowering the overall tax burden for all of Wisconsin to the tune of around $8 billion, so, something that I think will be Governor Walker's long-lasting legacy. Um, we're not going to turn the clock back on that. Uh, we think that, you know, we've proven over the years that you can continue 
to reduce the tax overall tax burden on our citizens while still uh, boosting the economy and increasing revenues into the state coffers to make sure that we can continue to afford those investments that we want to make. So, yeah, we're, we're not going to be we're not going to be running along and uh, changing our minds on tax increases. All right, very good. We're talking with uh, Assembly Majority Leader Jim Steinecke joining us on the Vicki McKenna Show this afternoon. Let's get to this lawsuit now. A coalition of left-wing organizations, including the League of Women Voters, and a new group out there, I believe, Black Leaders Organizing for Communities, otherwise known as Block, filed a lawsuit Thursday seeking to undo the bills passed in December's extraordinary session. This is a remarkable lawsuit. It's not remarkable in the fact that liberals have filed a lawsuit against the extraordinary session. They've filed all kinds of lawsuits against Republican uh, policies for all kinds and all kinds of different areas over the last eight years. None of that is surprising. It's the legal argument here that I find odd. Basically, the argument from this left-wing group is a matter of semantics, that you folks uh, in the Republican caucus shouldn't have called this an extraordinary session, that you had no right to call a session, a lame-duck session, if you will. Uh, What do you think about that? And I ask you that question in context that you recall late December, or December, I should say, 2010, (laughs) The Democrats in control at that time bailed a guy out of jail so they could hold a right. special or extraordinary session. Yeah, Matt, what's what's really remarkable about this whole thing is that there there are lawyers out there that continue to convince the Democrats that they have a leg to stand on in any of these lawsuits. I mean, these guys are really good at their jobs if they're if they're able to convince them that they have an, an even a minimal chance of winning. They don't because they've lost so often, Jim. They they've repeatedly lo- you talk about uh, you know the idea of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, failing and expecting a different result. That's what the Democrats have done over the last eight. Years. Well, right, and this—I mean, this should put the final nail in the coffin of anybody any pretense that the League of Women Voters is a nonpartisan organization. It yes. is not. So let's just put that to the wayside. I think we all understood that before, but this is this clearly makes that uh, evident that they are no longer and probably haven't been for a long time a nonpartisan organization. But the idea that the courts can step in and tell us when we can and cannot be in session is just ridiculous. It's a separation of powers. Uh, we were elected for uh, 24 months, not 20 months. So we can come in and out of session whenever we really choose. Uh, the governor has no say over that, and neither do the courts. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I want to just touch upon that or just to follow up on your point. I think it's well stated and it needs to be stated more. The League of Women Voters is not a nonpartisan organization. It is entrenched in left-wing ideas and has been for a long time. It's more than standing by just voters and, you know, the enfranchisement of voters. It's much more than that. It's become a very powerful left-wing group and, and more people need to talk about that. Well, and Matt, I've I've done my part to try to, to try to reach out to that organization. I participated in a in a debate locally in in my community in my district, uh, sponsored by the League of Women Voters. Um, it's it, we're just kind of I think we're we're kind of done with uh, with that whole thing. I I, pro- I won't participate in any more of those debates because they are 
uh, incredibly skewed to one side. They didn't ask one question about the economy, one question mm-hmm. about how we're going to create jobs. It was just the, the liberal talking points that they continued to hammer on. Um, and quite honestly, you just don't get the attendance. We had two different districts there for this debate, and I think a total of about 35 people, 35 of which had clearly made up their mind on who they were going to vote for, and it wasn't anybody that had an uh, R after their name. Yeah, indeed. I, I don't blame you for saying enough is enough. Uh, Assembly Majority Leader Jim Steinecke joining us. Just a minute left. I wanted to talk about something that is rather extraordinary and the first time that any of us can remember that uh, the Republicans in the Assembly will be caucusing with the Republicans in the Senate. I think that speaks to what you and the Speaker were talking about uh, yesterday, a united front of Republicans this session. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think, as the Speaker said yesterday, we agree uh, with the Senate Republicans on probably 99% of the issues. Mm -hmm. I think the big failure over the course of the years when we have had disagreements is just communication. And going into uh, divided government uh, like this over the course of the next four years, it's incredibly important that we we don't have those uh, breakdowns in communication between each other, uh, Republicans in the Assembly and Republicans in the Senate especially, and that we present that united front when there are major di- disagreements between the legislature and the administration. All right, so what's the plan? Is it Tuesday you'll uh, caucus and then invite uh, the, the new governor in? Is is that the plan so far? Yeah, yeah. So far that's uh, what we have penciled in and uh, I, I'm appreciative of Governor Evers' uh, willingness to come and, and meet with the caucuses. I think that's a, I think that's a good sign. I think going forward, if if both sides are able to uh, kind of lay down their arms and and work together on those issues where we find common ground, we can continue to be successful here in the state. It's going to be if uh, Evers' administration, through the budget, decides to poke us in the eye by loading it up with a bunch of uh, you know the liberal wish list over the course of the last decade or so, that's going to be a problem because he knows it's not going to go anywhere. So why why propose yeah. it if it's not going to go anywhere unless you just want to make political points? Right. I have a feeling we're going to see some of that certainly down the road, but in the meantime, we'll we'll bask in the afterglow of uh, conciliatory talk. <laughs> uh, j- just a quick final question on schedule. Uh, as I understand it, there won't be any floor votes until the following week. Please correct me if I'm wrong, just for our listeners so they, they can score along at home. Next week, uh, public hearings. Will there be any votes scheduled for next week? No, uh, not not in the full assembly. So we'll we'll probably go to the floor um, for rules changes and other things uh, the week of the twenty second when gotcha. uh, Governor Evers has his state of the state address. That's right. Okay, and then uh, next week, as I understand it, a hearing on pre existing condition legislation and Marcy's law are those two things uh, still up? Uh, yeah, the, I'm not sure what where we ended up on a schedule for Marcy's Law, but yeah, the pre-existing condition bill is moving forward. We're working with the Senate on that. Uh, hopefully we can come to an agreement with them and then uh, move forward and take that to the floor right away. 
Okay, sir. Well, I know that uh, you and just about everybody that's within, uh, you know, a, a suitable distance, dif- uh, distance around the Capitol is swept up, overwhelmed with Evers fever. We're going to see if we can concentrate, you know, and settle down and get some stuff done here. But for now, I guess all we can do is deal with this, this fever that we all have. Thank you so much for joining us as always, giving a little perspective on what's happening on the assembly front. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. All right. You bet. Take care.